The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Welcome to the April 18 meeting of the Ann Arbor City Council. If you're able, please rise and join us for a moment of silence, followed by a Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Would our clerk please call the roll of the we have a motion, please, to approve the agenda. Moved by Councilmember Adina, seconded by Councilmember Grand. Discussion of the agenda. All in favor? All opposed? The agenda is approved. Do we have any communications today from our city administrator? No, sir. Thank you. Then we do have uh, two introductions today. First, Arab American Heritage Month. Come on up. So it is a uh, scooch over here. You know we uh, uh, Ann Arbor is known for uh, for many things. Uh, we of course uh, you know it's not just the outstanding municipal services. Uh, you know we are known too uh, for uh, at its at our core for our values and one of our fundamental values, one of our fundamental core values, is uh, is that of uh, is that of pluralism and welcoming, uh, and you know our encouragement. For uh, for all persons in all communities to come and uh, and make Ann Arbor their home, uh, and you know there are uh, there are no uh, there are no groups of people who live in Ann Arbor for whom we are blessed to have in Ann Arbor uh, that have made Ann Arbor their home more than the members uh, our members of the Afri the Arab community. The Arab American community in Ann Arbor is, is strong, it is vibrant, they care for each other and they care for our city and they care for their country. 
uh, and it is, uh, it is my great pleasure, uh, and I'm doing so um, uh, in, in, with, uh, in collaboration with Councilmember Amlawi, who is regrettably not here today, but who took uh, important initiative to get this done, uh, as well to effect uh, a proclamation with respect to National Arab American Heritage Month. It's my great pleasure to read it today. Whereas for over a century, Arab Americans have been making valuable contributions to every aspect of American society, medicine, law, business, education, technology, government, military service, and culture. And whereas since migrating to America, men and women of Arab descent had shared their rich culture and traditions with neighbors and friends, while also setting fine examples of model citizens and public servants. And whereas they brought with them to America their resilient family values, strong work ethic, dedicated to education, diversity in faith and creed that have added to our great democracy. And whereas Arab Americans have also enriched our society by sharing in the entrepreneurial spirit that makes our nation free and prosperous. And whereas the history of Arab Americans in the United States remains regrettably neglected and occasionally defaced by misconception, bigotry, and hate in the forms of crimes and speech. And whereas Arab American issues such as civil rights, stereotyping, bullying must be combated in the forms of education and awareness. And whereas they join all Americans in our common desire to see a peaceful and diverse society where every individual is treated equally and feels safe. And whereas the incredible contributions and heritage of Arab Americans have helped us build a better nation. Now, therefore, I, Christopher Taylor, mayor of Ann Arbor, Michigan, join the Arab American Foundation to celebrate the contributions that Arab Americans have made to society and hereby declare April, 20, April 2020 to be Arab American Heritage Month in the city of Ann Arbor. And we encourage all community members to join us in this special observance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, hi all. Uh, I'm Therese Basha Jajura. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, to thank you on behalf of the uh, Arab American Foundation and the community of your uh, I would like to thank you for your acknowledgement and support uh, for the uh, diversity in our city. As an artist, I'm quoting from my piece that was exhibited at the Rockefeller Center in 2020, named Together We Shine, and uh, where it depicts the cultural diversity and shows how all colors are equally important. When they are together, the colors are more vibrant, beautiful, and interesting just as it is in life. Together we shine. Thank you, Honorable Mayor Christopher Taylor, for giving the Arab American this opportunity to shine and add color to our community. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, good evening, and again, thank you so much for having us. Um, I'm not from Ann Arbor, but I always come to Ann Arbor. I live in Plymouth, Michigan. My name is Nabila Garib, and I'm a business consultant, and I do project management work for nonprofit organizations throughout most of Wayne County. Uh, what an honor this is when I got the call from Therese asking me if I would join her in this fabulous effort. I couldn't say no. I'd like to share just a few things that um, it's actually, it's all in the proclamation, but I'll add a little bit to it. 
The Arab American Foundation, it's a nonprofit organization um, based in Washington, D.C. right now. They have started this in 2017. The purpose behind it is we want to share our stories. We want to share our heritage and our culture. A lot of my friends who are uh, great friends, they always recognize Arab Americans with their food or music, which is no doubt it's part of our culture and it's part of our heritage. But there is so much more to share. And for cities like Ann Arbor and Plymouth, and other cities throughout the state of Michigan, including our governor, our president, have all recognized April to be the um, Arab American Heritage Month. It's not just an honor, but it's really a recognition for a lot of Arab Americans who came to this country as immigrants, and now their children are born here, so they're just as American as everyone else. But we wanted to really um, be recognized for our contribution and Arab Americans are hardworking. Um, I can tell you about my own father. But I came to this country when I was a teenager. And I studied here. So I am just uh, a true Arab American. And uh, got educated at Wayne State University. I couldn't afford to come to U of M. And so um, I received an excellent education. And I'm very, very proud of my heritage and my contribution to society. So I wanted to thank you on behalf of the foundation. Uh, both of us are volunteers with the foundation, and I am uh, the Michigan leader. Um, so I wanted to thank you, sincerely thank you for your time. Sincerely thank you all for your support. And we continue to um, really prove that Arab Americans have a lot to offer in this country. So thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Can we take a photo? <laughs> Our next introduction, the city administrator's presentation of the proposed fiscal year 23 budget. Mr. Duhoney, you have the con. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> your, your comfort is our top priority. Thank you very much, Mayor and members of council. I appreciate the opportunity to present our proposed fiscal year 23 budget to you this evening. I felt it more appropriate to stand in front of you instead of talking to the back of your heads. So, I'm told I have someone who is going to advance my slides. So if we could advance one, please. Thank you. So the plan for the presentation this evening is to give you an overview of our proposed 
FY23 budget. Uh, by charter, the council is required to adopt the budget at the second meeting in May. So it gives us roughly a month to deliberate uh, the budget, to ask questions, to receive answers, to put you in a position to make amendments, which I'm sure you will do, and to cast uh, your ballot, your vote on uh, May 16th. Uh, this presentation this evening, along with our documents, Subsequent questions that may come from council members, responses that will come from staff, will be made available on the city website, as is our common practice. As we move towards the end of FY22, we are fortunate enough to have a healthy reserve of 17% of our adjusted expenditures. That is consistent with city policy that we maintain a fund balance between 15 and 20%. In recent meetings, you have discussed and expressed a policy direction for the ARPA funding. However, the ARPA allocations will not be part of the proposed budget. You will receive that in a separate budget action uh, that will come at a later date. This proposed budget also converts six temporary positions to full-time, four in solid waste and two in parks. Uh, that, too, is consistent with uh, prior council uh, expression of intent. Next slide, please. We are fortunate in that we are projecting uh, some growth, modest growth, in the coming year. The general fund recurring revenues are projected to increase by 4.5%. Property tax receipts are expected to increase 4.65%. We are projecting an increase in our share of uh, revenue sharing by 3%. And while we can't put a number to it, we do expect that our parking revenues in downtown will increase. What we have been seeing in uh, recent weeks and months is a growing level of uh, activity in downtown. Uh, we think that will only continue. More and more people will come to take advantage of downtown and we think our parking revenues will go up as a result. Additionally, we'll be taking a closer look at our rate structure around that uh, later this year. In addition, we're expecting $1 million in a one-time grant for fire protection, and we're also anticipating $2.7 million from our community mental health millage and that would be allocated according to the formula that you previously determined. We are proposing uh, some utility rate hikes totaling 2.67%. I do have a slide in a few minutes that will show you more specifically uh, what we're referring to. The total budget that's being presented to you is $524.7 million. The area that draws the most attention in any city is the general fund because that's where the basic services are paid for. The proposed general fund budget is $121.9 million. And just uh, by way of understanding the presentation, uh, I'm not going to stand here and read every number and every line. I'm going to give you a general sense of what we're conveying. 
there'll be plenty of time to take a deeper dive into the numbers uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, the pie chart that you see on the slide is a depiction of all of the funds combined. As indicated before, our fund balance is within city policy and it's positive that we have a GO bond rating of AA+. The significance of that is that it's helpful if your uh, bond rating is in that range or better because you have more favorable rates if you need to borrow money. The next slide is simply a different way of depicting the 17% fund balance, so I won't uh, belabor the point. There are several one-time funding priorities. We're making an additional investment of capital for our electric vehicle transition or electric electrification of our fleet. We're proposing to uh, replace one of our fire engines at $1.6 million. We have several investments that we're proposing for sustainability, uh, for the 10,000 trees initiative, training, and the feasibility study associated with the possibility of a city-operated utility. We're also uh, proposing $700,000 to be invested in a master plan update that is both uh, needed and required, and it is time for us to begin work on that. There are additional uh, proposed investments for the Superior Dam and also uh, the geological services associated with the Barton Pond. The area that has received the bulk of attention uh, since I've come here is roads. And so I want to take a few minutes to talk about the proposed road uh, bond initiative. Uh, I sent a communication earlier indicating that our financial advisors were urging us to go to the market as soon as possible. And because of that, you will have the bond initiative on this docket tonight under a separate cover as DS1 uh, when we get to it. But I'm going to make my comments associated with the bond initiative right now. We, as we indicated to you in December of 21, that we felt like we had an opportunity to take advantage of using our millage instead of as cash, but to serve as debt service to leverage our ability to go faster in addressing the myriad of street issues that we have. And so what will be in front of you tonight is a $15 million transaction. Uh, the way that we see that unfolding, uh, it will take the finance department between 45 and 60 days to actually execute the transaction. And then there are several steps uh, that we want to take. So first I need to put things in context. The FY23 construction season is already underway. The contracts have been let. So this bond is not going to dramatically alter what we're doing this season. The bulk of the impact will start to be felt uh, during the FY24 season. Public Services is working on a revised paving schedule because people want to know if you're going to go faster, which streets are you going to do and when are you going to do them. 
basic question. We're going to try to respond to that. We believe that we need to develop a communication strategy around the initiative. People need to know when road construction may be coming their way. What does it look like? If you have businesses along a quarter and the quarter is going to be impacted over a period of days or weeks, we want to let you know that in advance. We want institutions and property owners to be aware of when we're coming and how long we'll be there. The communication strategy will help us address that. We will also be looking to leverage this investment with additional funding from uh, various infrastructure pots. Uh, I don't know if we will be successful in that, but we will make every effort uh, to expand our reach. We will be creating a dashboard that is outward facing so that people can look on the dashboard, uh, see where we've been, see where we're going, see what stage we are in terms of the bond initiative. As we indicated, this will unfold over a period of 36 months. We will post updates to the dashboard. And so once all these things fall into place, we will actually have a kickoff date, if you will, so people know that we're starting. It's hard to speak through the mask. But I'm doing it, Mayor. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> Additionally, next, next slide, please. We have had previous discussions about a sidewalk clearance pilot for snow removal. Uh, we have included that in the proposed budget. We've also included uh, requests for your ongoing support of livable wage, uh, which we've started to ensure that we are competitive in the marketplace, uh, that we are the employer of choice instead of the employer of last resort. We have already started to see results from this change. There are people who are choosing to work with us and who have cited specifically our elevation of the livable wage amount. Under a separate cover this afternoon, per your request, we have presented our recommendation for the use of the marijuana funds. Uh, that document spells out <clears throat> our rationale, but I'll give you just a thumbnail sketch. We're proposing appropriating money for four different areas. Uh, 100000 for the Public Works Apprenticeship Program that would introduce entry-level, that would introduce people to entry-level public works jobs. $100,000 for utility support for uh, residential support for uh, people in need. $700,000 for low-income sustainability grants. And while it might not seem like it, this actually goes to equity. If we're going to talk about moving the community forward, if we're talking about embracing sustainability, but we leave people behind because they don't have the financial means to participate, then it's really an uneven proposition. And that's why we make that recommendation. And then finally, uh, we propose to take the remaining funds, which for Marty Prashan, I got to be precise here, 
$35,366 and not a penny more uh, for a backpack school supply support for needy families. In the staffing area, we're proposing to add one community standards officer to help with our coverage community-wide for enforcement, one fire recruit, half of a, a position for emergency management, the other half rests within the OSI area, works with Missy. Uh, our idea for this uh, half FTE is to work with our emergency manager to prepare us for in case we deal with disasters or other uh, municipal emergencies. There are two positions that were less than full-time FTEs in the law department. Uh, we're elevating those. Everything that I just mentioned falls in the general fund. And there's also a handful of positions, the six that I mentioned previously, that will be covered in non-general fund revenue. Next is the utility rate plan. So the box on the left refers to the average quarterly residential customer bill, which today is $240.64. You'll see that's broken out for water, sewer, and stormwater. The box on the right is the rate schedule that we're proposing for July 1st. So you see a slight increase in the water rate. The sewer rate remains flat and a $2 plus increase in stormwater for a total of $246.92. In the table at the bottom, you see that we will be proposing to hold sewer rates flat in FY24 and similar rate increases for both uh, water and stormwater. Next slide, please. And so what are the next steps? Tonight you're getting the budget officially transmitted. There'll be public hearings, first reading for public hearings on the rate changes. On May the 5th, which is a Thursday, and I can't help myself, Mayor, that's Thursday of Derby Week. <laughs> you all know I'm from Kentucky, so I have to point that out. Uh, Thursday, May the 5th, will be the next council meeting. We'll have public hearings on the budget and the fee adjustments. Uh, next, you will be submitting budget questions to Sarah with copies to uh, Marty, Kim Busselmeyer, and myself. Those are due by May the 6th. We're asking for the submission of budget amendments by Wednesday, May the 11th. And then, of course, the vote is on May the 16th. Normally, when we get to this part of the presentation, uh, we would end. But I put in one more slide, if you could show that. Because while we're going to put a lot of attention into the present action, there is a future focus uh, that I need to point out. Things that we will be working on, things that we need to focus on in the near term. One is our organizational stability. 
We need additional stability in the city administrator's office, which we're in the process of addressing. We need to get the hires made for the HR area, for the director of organizational equity, and for our service area administrator. The equity and inclusion dividends, that comes as a result of action. So hiring a person for DEI is one thing, but that alone is not sufficient. In order for us to realize some benefit from that, we have to start looking at policies and practices that this government uses. Are they equitable? Are they inclusive or not? We need to look at training. We need to look at establishing external relationships. Uh, economic development is another area where we need to have a sharper focus. We need to be smoother internally than we currently are. And so we want to work on that. Downtown is the city's living room. It is a place where locals and visitors come for socialization. Uh, we've been pleased with increased activity. I think there's an item tonight addressing the notion of a social district. All of those are positive indicators. But in order for our downtown to move to the next level, as they say, we need to address roads. We need to address cleanliness, particularly on weekends. We need to look at things like public restrooms. Those are things that make your downtown a place where folks want to go. And right now, we need more attention there. Uh, brand elevation. I want to encourage the administration to be bullish on uh, Ann Arbor and to be unapologetic about it. So we need more people beyond this region to know about us, to hear about us, and to become familiar with what Ann Arbor is doing. That takes intentional actions. It does not occur by itself. And so we want to uh, advance that. And then finally, to do this and more, we will need to broaden our capacity as it relates to community engagement. The public wants and has a right to be involved in our deliberations and our decision making. We want to encourage that. Right now, we have limited capacity. Uh, so we want to see what we can do to make sure that we're doing things in a thoughtful way. We're doing things in a manner that reaches diverse audiences that we're here to serve. And hopefully, that will occur. Finally, I want to thank Marty Prashan the members of the finance department. Flip to the last slide, please. I want to thank the staff in the city administrator's office. I want to thank the executive team for all of their efforts in trying to put this proposed budget together. And I want to thank the men and women that show up here every day who have chosen public service as their vocation. We are here to serve the residents of this city. It doesn't matter who they are, where they are. We're here to serve everyone. Uh, we look forward to your deliberations and your final budget vote in May. Thank you. Mr. Dahoney, thank you truly. We now come to public comment reserve time. Public comment reserve time is an opportunity for members of the public to speak to council and the community about matters of municipal interest. To speak at public comment reserve time, one needs to have signed up in advance by contacting our city clerk. 
Speakers of public comment reserve time have three minutes in which to speak, so please pay close attention to the time. Uh, the time clock will notify you when there are a couple of seconds remaining and when your time has expired. When your time has expired, please conclude your remarks and cede the floor. Our first speaker today is John Mursky. Good evening. I am indeed John Mursky, and I live at 505 Burson Place. I am chair of the Ann Arbor Energy Commission. I am a sustainability activist, and I also uh, am board vice president of a new nonprofit seeking to catalyze new uh, affordable and workforce housing in Ann Arbor. I'm here tonight to urge uh, your support for DC1 resolution before you um, which is calling for the City of Ann Arbor to sponsor information on Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, or NACA, mortgages to city employees and to residents. This resolution was penned by Brian Chambers. He is out of the country, so I, as his sparring partner, am here both on our behalf as well as those we are convinced will benefit from passage of this resolution. We laud your recent uh, action to significantly improve housing supply through ordinance changes enabling the development of ADUs, supporting affordable housing, development on city-owned properties through the Housing Commission, the creation of transit corridor zoning, and more. For the most part, these actions will result in more rental housing. However, for those who want to buy a home and thereby put roots into our community, build family wealth, and take advantage of federal tax incentives, easy access to affordable financing has remained a significant barrier. As detailed in the resolution, NACA, a nonprofit 501c4, HUD-approved home ownership and advocacy organization, offers an excellent mortgage program with the following features. The program is open to those below the area median household income. No down payment is required. There are no closing costs. No mortgage insurance is needed. There are no credit score requirements. And interest rates are at least a half a percent below the best conventional market fixed rates. NACA can finance loans for single family homes mortgages as high as $484,000 making 50% of home sales in the Ann Arbor Public School District area eligible for NACA mortgages. NACA has access to $15 billion of financing through 2027 through the Bank of America. United Way of Washtenaw County already provides, promotes NACA mortgages, and Brian is working with other entities like the University of Michigan and Washtenaw County to also champion the program. I commend Brian for his work I thank the co-sponsors of the resolution. I ask that the rest of you join them in approving resolution DC1. Finally, I encourage all of you to promote NACA mortgages in your own personal communications. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Our next speaker is Alan Haber. Hello, uh, council, citizens. I'm Alan Haber. I live on uh, 3rd Street, and I've been long associated with the development of the center of the city 
and uh, I sent you each an invitation to the uh, forthcoming Earth Days celebration beginning next Thursday and then on Friday the actual Earth Day, April 22, and Saturday and Sunday. And we have a very interesting, engaging program trying to uh, make the center of the city a place of gathering, of serious consideration, of, uh, of indeed the center of the city. The climate questions that Earth Day touches are so urgent. And while Ann Arbor has an extraordinarily you know, forthright uh, program toward carbon neutrality by uh, 2030, the needs are far greater and, and an opportunity for people to consult and talk with one another about these needs is part of what the Earth Day is about. It's also about the uh, community gathering, and we have some great uh, bands, and we're blessed that Lace Alsadi, the Ann Arbor premier voice, will be there to uh, inspire. Peter Leinbaugh, the great uh, historian of the commons, will also uh, be there. So we're trying as well to invite many community organizations that are all doing their bits for uh, what we call the uh, Green Brick Road to Sustainability and Survival. There are so many groups working, and how do we see that this work all needs to be in cooperation and that we are working together? So I'm here personally to give invitation that I sent to you all in the email that this can be a, a few days of community gathering of serious conversation about the politics of the city, of the commons, that can invite uh, participation and can invite the whole community. And I hope that you will share the invitation you got with your own friends and family and see that this is an opportunity for the center of the city to be that gathering place that was uh, foreseen in the proposal A to make this center of the city a community commons. So that is my message. I wanted to come deliver it personally as well as through the email, and I hope you will carry it on forward. And thank you very much. There. Thank you. Our next speaker is Teacher Barton. Hello, my name is Teacher Barton and I currently live in Ward 4. As a tax-paying property owner, native son of Ann Arbor, who received his Eagle Scout Award by working with the Huron River Watershed Council, I'm here today to ask the City of Ann Arbor Council to act on an unresolved ongoing public concern. Over a year ago, I requested the release of the Ann Arbor Police Department's policies and procedures with reasonable exception for publicly accessible viewing. After appealing the complete denial of my FOIA request, I was given 43 policies specifically named in my appeal and informed it would take a total of 19.75 hours and $786 to re review and release the remaining policies and procedures of the Ann Arbor Police Department. Since then, I've been trying to have those public documents be posted among the other policies accessible on the Ann Arbor City Police Department website. Through email exchange with city representatives, it was confirmed the Ann Arbor Police would release and post on their website 10 to 20 policies per month starting October 2021. So far, the Ann Arbor Police has failed to meet this commitment. 
Over the course of the last year, I have made multiple month-long repeated attempts to establish communication with my city through my representatives on this council, the mayor, various city employees, and multiple levels and members of the Ann Arbor Police Department. None of my attempts have come to any fruition or resolution of this issue. The lack of communication from the various aspects of my city requires me now to address this in a public forum as the only viable means of ensured communication. Here's my concern. A document released by the Ann Arbor Police shows a minimum of one hour per month of work would allow the Ann Arbor Police to meet the bare minimum requirements of posting 10 policies per month. Why has the City of Ann Arbor Police Department failed to meet the commitment of posting 10 to 20 policies on their website per month when the total amount of time required for the entire process is less than 20 hours and was started over six months ago? My request is to have this council enact a measure to ensure the Ann Arbor Police start and follow through on a bare minimum amount of action to resolve this ongoing and unfulfilled commitment within a measurable and reasonable time frame. The Civilian Oversight Committee of the Ann Arbor Police Department's charter does not cover FOIA requests and therefore is not an option to address this concern. I've already attempted to resolve this issue through that Civilian Oversight Committee. I'm asking this representative body to take immediate action to ensure that the Ann Arbor Police Department fulfill their commitment of posting 10 to 20 policies per month, which requires less than one hour of work per month with the total time to complete the entire task of 19.75 hours. They can start with policy 001-010 and all the other remaining policies released to me over a year ago. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Our next speaker is Lafiste Gallimore. Well, greetings to the mayor, the city council, and to my fellow citizens who are present here. Excuse me. Who are present here tonight. My name is Lafice Gallimore, and I live at 3139 Plymouth Road. I've appeared before this body before to share my concerns with the welfare of black, uh, the black community in Ann Arbor. I came to this community in 1971 as a student. At the time, there was a fairly active black community here. As a matter of fact, the black community was, a, was the second largest population group here and now it is the third largest population group, and within five years, it will probably be the fourth, if not the fifth largest population group. If I recall correctly, the employment of blacks at Ann Arbor City Hall was about 15%. I don't know what it is today, but I can only guess that it is not nearly that figure. As I drive around Ann Arbor with all of the construction going on, I hardly see any black construction workers on these projects. When I came here, the achievement gap was a big issue, and it still is a big issue. When I, when I uh, came here, the number of black students at, at U of M hovered at around 7%. According to Data USA, currently 52.2% of the student population is white, and 4% are black. Asian students make up 13% of the population, tripling the number of black students at the university. The Ann Arbor Public School ranks fifth in the nation among uh, public schools, yet we continue to struggle with an achievement gap. If we were to do a, re a statistical regression analysis, the results would show that blacks have not made any progress in this community in terms of quality of life. As a matter of fact, one can, one can make the argument that blacks have actually regressed from the time that I, came, that I and many others came to this community, yet other population groups have thrived. thrived. Has anyone in the leadership role ever bothered to analyze this development? Yet there, there is one initiative after another, a waste of taxpayers' money. 
where there is no accountability, there is no responsibility, resulting in no progress. It's time to start these public relations and one addressing initiatives and focus on correcting some of these deficiencies. And as I said earlier, I've made this presentation before the City Council before. I've attempted to contact my uh, council representative uh, to speak on behalf of some of the blacks that live up in the community where I live. And that person does not return telephone calls and has refused to sit down and have a conversation about the issues that are concerned to blacks that live in her district. So I just want to make this statement. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Ann Garcia. Before the timer starts, how will I know the response I get from my presentation? Do I get anything written or any kind of response? There, there, there is typically no written or verbal response. Hello, my name is Ann Garcia. I've lived in Ann Arbor for about 32 years now. I'm originally from California. I'm a teacher. I taught at the University of Michigan for 10 years, and I taught at Washington Community College for almost 20 years, recently retired, but still going strong. Happy to report. I am very sad when I see the title of the presentation that I'm making right now, because it implies that I myself am, a, am eager to have anti-Semitism be part of this spirit of Ann Arbor. That's a very, very far cry from my position. I happen to be Jewish. Uh, my grandfather, uh, who's passed away a while ago, would be very sad to think that I was opposed to the Jewish people. Uh, uh, we had way, way too many Passover seders for that to happen. What I did want to say was that the, pre the work that's been done for all this time, and I, I kind of call it work, where people were protesting in front of the synagogue, uh, looks abhorrent to you, and I can see why it looks abhorrent to you. I have argued and argued and argued with the people there that the message a lot of us would like to get across to America in general is not getting across by the, by the methods they've chosen. It, it makes people angry. It makes people upset. It looks like people are opposed to Judaism, even though most of the protesters themselves are Jewish. Um, a lot of you are a lot younger than me and newer than I am even to Ann Arbor, so you may not know that when they first started that protest a long time ago, they asked that they be able to speak following a visit to Palestine. They wanted to say what they had seen. I don't know the ins and outs of how that request was put forward. I heard something about the fact that the rabbi at the time said there would have to be an oppositional presentation at the same time. Uh, I think it would have been fair to just let him go out there give his PowerPoints, and the past 16 years of misery <laughs> might not have been experienced. I, I recognize that it is really horrible for people to walk into a temple and have to go through those protesters, but I don't think it's as horrible as what's happened in the past week when Palestinians at the Temple Mount were killed. Uh, six or seven of them were killed. A little boy was um, hurt by policemen and by Jewish settlers. So I think that might be a worse experience than just having to walk by people with signs. And now let me turn to what I would argue. Epistemology is the study of knowledge. I'm a psychologist, and I teach social psychology. And I really want to know how each of you have come to form your opinion of what is happening. As a Jewish woman, I formed my opinion by listening to my grandfather until the day I read a book, and until the day I watched a film, and until the day I went to Palestine. And all of a sudden, everything I had known for 45, 50 years was turned on its head. I offer to you that everything you might think you know about, the Judy, about Israel and Palestine might get turned on its head if you allowed there to be 
an open discussion on this topic. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Ian Robinson. Ian Robinson. Ian Robinson is on the phone. Thank Go you. Ahead. Good evening. Yes, thank you very much. Can you hear me all right? Yes, we can. All right, thanks. I'm Ian Robinson. I live at 3435 Brentwood Court, and I'm speaking tonight uh, in my capacity as president of the Huron Valley Area Labor Federation, AFL-CIO. We represent about 18,000 union members in four counties, including Washington. Huron Valley Area Labor Federation leaders met with Washington Riles of NACA and Brian Chambers in January of this year to hear more about the, the NACA mortgages um, uh, opportunities. And we were very impressed as they explained the, the kinds of uh, firms on which it's possible to borrow under the, under the system that they administer. We were so impressed that we decided that it would be useful for Washington Riles and a, a colleague from NACA to come to our monthly delegate meeting in February of this year and explain how their system works to our delegates. Uh, we, the delegates were similarly impressed and have since been communicating <clears throat> details of how this approach works to their members. So that's a very good way of getting word out about the excellent opportunities for affordable, sustainable home ownership that NACA facilitates to a significant part of the population of the county. But of course, it would be uh, super if this organization, if the city of Ann Arbor, were to use its uh, tools and connections to share that information not only with its own employees, but as the resolution DC1 uh, indicates, to also residents of Ann Arbor. So we urge you to do that. We stand very much in support of this resolution. We have been increasingly pushing for affordable housing as a high priority of the labor movement in our area for several years now. And we recognize that more than half of all of the um, people living in our city are renters uh, rather than owners. Um, and that really there, we cannot solve the problem of affordable housing without taking important measures to address affordability on the rental side of the equation but seconds. that said we also need to recognize that we can if we can take some people out of the renting pool and put them into homes and make homes for those who already have homes more affordable that is a major piece also of the larger challenge of affordable housing in our city and and if we can solve it in the city we can also make a huge positive impact on the county and so for these reasons, and probably more that I have no time to provide to you, we urge you all to support this resolution. Thank you, and good night. Thank you. Are there communications today from Council? Councilmember Briggs. Thank you. I don't have any um, comments so much on behalf of myself, but um, I asked, reached out to Councilmember Romlawi, who was not able to make it and as my colleague in the fifth ward to see if there was anything that he wanted to share. Um, he just wanted to extend his gratitude to those who um, from the American Foundation who are here tonight to accept the resolution um, and express his appreciation as well. 
Councilmember Hayner. Thanks, Mr. Mayor. Sorry about that. Um, just a couple quick announcements. Um, yeah, I want to send a congratulations to the Skyline Robotics team who came in second place at the States this weekend and are going to be going to the World Championships in Houston. I was a robotics mentor for four years at a community and it's a great program and we have a lot of success here in our community and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things are being learned and, and a lot of excitement around that event. And so congratulations Skyline Robotics. Uh, that's team 3322. Um, secondly, uh, there was a really interesting article in the Daily Beast, which I guess is an online sort of a news aggregator or something. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but uh, anyway, they had an article about Fight Concord Pines. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that this is getting some national press attention. And, you know, it, it has sort of been a, uh, an aggregation of these types of things. There was an article in New Yorker this week uh, uh, that referred back to the famous uh, question, should trees have standing? and uh, towards legal rights for natural objects. And I, of course, believe that they should, and I believe that natural objects and natural capital is not being considered properly in our community. Um, so I was happy to, to speak with the reporter about that. Um, and, and I want to comment on the resident who's kind of doing the heavy, heavy lifting, trying to get um, AAPD to publish their policies. And we've had, uh, you know, they got their, our, our, our law enforcement has their hands full. They're, 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 I, I would consider them to be understaffed, and I would suggest that the command staff would agree with that. And so I, I'm not going to make excuses for anybody, but I think they're doing a, you know, a reasonable effort to publish these policies. I've had a lot of correspondence going back and forth with the police and with the person who spoke here earlier about that. And I hope that they can continue on publishing these policies and procedures and will be necessary to uh, um, you know, bring a resolution kind of urging them to do so more quickly. I, I know that they're all being reviewed by our new chief, and relatively new chief, and you know that's part of it is putting the right stuff out there. And so I, I appreciate that that um, council member neighbor has done that. And finally, I just want to say, free Palestine. Council member Grand. Thank you. Um, I'd like to encourage residents um, of all ages to take some time and, and give input on our parks and recreation open space plan. This is an effort that we undergo every five years, um, and parks really does take um, a lot of this public input and process into account. Uh, we um, have tended been, have been historically underrepresented with our younger residents. So especially um, if that's you, please take some time and, and let us know. Um, I've also just heard some feedback in the community about what is and what's not um, on that survey. And just because you like something or don't like something, it doesn't mean that it should or should not be on the pros plan survey. We welcome opinions that are both um, pro and con, um, and that's we really do want to get input about where you think um, investment should be made in our parks as well as your other priorities. Um, so thank you um, for those who've done that. And if you go right onto the front page of the city's website, you can find that link to the survey as well as some other opportunities for public engagement. Thanks. Councilmember Dish. I wanted to echo some of the things that uh, Mr. Haber said and tell everyone that there will be a four day celebration of Earth Day at the City Center Commons at Library Lane. It will begin at noon um, every day starting Thursday. Highlights of the celebration include a discussion of what Earth Day means to me and you can answer that question by just going to their website and writing a couple of sentences and your answer might be read aloud or maybe they all will. 
There will be a candidates discussion at 1 p.m. on Friday. There will be speakers from the Office of Sustainability and Innovation at 4 on Saturday, and I am honored to be scheduled in with that group too. And there will be lots of music and drumming every day. In addition, you can celebrate the grand reopening of Leslie Science and Nature Center and celebrate Earth Day on Sunday from 1 to 4.30 p.m. with a zero-waste festival and an all-species parade, among other things. And you can come dressed as your favorite species. And finally, I want to call everyone's attention to the feature presentation from the Huron River Watershed Council that is on our agenda tonight. It's not actually going to physically happen, but it's been attached to the agenda. And it is a presentation by uh, the aquatic ecologist, Dr. Paul Steen, regarding what we need to do to protect our watershed. Councilmember Nelson. Thank you. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that there is a meeting, a webinar from Ann Arbor Public Power. Um, this, there's going to be a, this is this Thursday at 7 p.m. It's going to feature representatives from Maine, Burlington, Vermont, and the American Public Power Association. Um, you can find information about that meeting at annarborpublicpower.org. It's a webinar that you have to register for in advance. Thank you. Councilmember Adina. Thank you, Mayor. Just very briefly, I know that a number of the commissions that I serve as liaison to um, are experiencing some vacancies or have vacancies coming up. And so I just want to remind members of the community that they should apply for boards and commissions that they would like to serve on so that we can continue to have uh, good, robust discussion at those meetings and diverse perspectives at the table. So please take some time and look at the vacancies that might be coming up and apply if you are interested in serving. Councilmember Griswold. Uh, first, I want to mention that it was one year ago that the governor authorized the EPA to come in and do an analysis of the Gelman plume that's continuing on track. Uh, two, I asked about a closed session today regarding the third Salvatore report, and out of respect for the new city attorney, I will delay any comments about that until a later date. And a good news item regarding Earth Day, which we've already heard about, uh, this was done by Shannon, who also did the Humankind Be Kind, and she um, delivered one of these posters to every elementary school on Sunday, and they're there to uh, remind the children about Earth Day. There are little worms with compost, uh, even solar panels. So uh, again, thank you, Shannon, and we really appreciate this, and we'll have it at Earth Day celebrations, and also we will have a station for Make Your Own No Mo May sign. So, and this may give you some ideas of what you want to put on your no mode may sign. Thank you. Further communication from council. Councilmember Song. I'd like to thank Chief Cox and, and AEPD for meeting with the Asian Pacific Islander South Asian American Parent Advisory Group, APISA, which is a, a, a parent advisory group that was just started last year. Um, and the discussion was really, you know, how do we engage police? How do we think about public safety? 
in the wake of um, some incidences in our community or some incidences of anti-Asian hate. Um, it was a nice start. I, I feel like it was a conversation that's worth continuing. And I heard from parents who, who conveyed their, their sentiments and, and uh, of appreciation and excitement uh, to their own communities um, throughout Ann Arbor. Uh, this is a, a parent group that followed um, closely uh, the recommendations and advice and support of other groups, uh, parent groups in, in community, including the Arab American parent group. So it was really lovely to see the Jarjura family represented here. The Jarjuras are, um, Rima Jarjura is my daughter's fifth grade teacher, so uh, it's nice to see that connection between parent groups who are advocating for, for um, uh, racial and ethnic groups in, in, in our city. Thanks. Further communication from council. I would like to request confirmation of the following appointment that was presented to city council for consideration at the April 4, 2022 regular session to the Housing and Human Services Advisory Board. Karen Wanza, may I have a motion please? Move by Councilmember Grand, seconded by Councilmember Griswold. Discussion? All in favor? Opposed? It is approved. We have before us the consent agenda. May I have a motion please to approve the consent agenda? Moved by Councilmember Briggs, second by Councilmember Iyer. Discussion of the consent agenda? Councilmember Griswold. I don't want to pull any items, but I would like to make a comment about CA1. May I do that now or wait until later? No, you have the floor. Oh, okay. Um, one of the issues that arose with some of the street closings is that neighbors were not aware of the street closing, especially on North Main Street. And so the request was, could we send uh, out someone to put door hangers on the, uh, on the streets at the beginning of the season, because I know we do have it uh, online and those door hangers could identify where they are, but a number of people were, were blocked from getting out of their properties on Main Street at the beginning of the season. So I'm just carrying that forward as a suggestion. Further discussion? Councilmember Song. On CA1, I've... Um this is, I think it actually should be the Glacier Area Neighborhood Association, not the Homeowners Association. The Homeowners Association was dissolved. Um, I just have a message to send, or that was, I was supposed to convey, uh, which is the organizers asked that politicians not um, throw candy at the parade. Further discussion? All in favor? Opposed? Consent agenda is approved. The 10 council members present all voted in the affirmative, thus satisfying the eight vote requirement with respect to CA4. And that is all. We now come to a public hearing. Public hearings are opportunities for members of the public to speak to council in the community mm -hmm. about a specific subject matter of the public hearing. That is to say, the specific item on the agenda. To speak at a public hearing, you need not have signed up in advance, but your speech must relate to the specific subject matter of the public hearing. 
Speakers have three minutes in which to speak, so please pay close attention to the time. Our clerk or the timer will notify you when 30 seconds are remaining. And when your time has expired, when your time has expired, please conclude your remarks and cede the floor. Is there public hearing number one, an ordinance to amend chapter 55 zoning, rezoning of 0 0.05 acres from TWP Township District to R1B Single Family Dwelling District, Wilson Barry Property, 614 Riverview Drive. Is there anyone who would like to speak at this public hearing? Ms. Beaudry, is there anyone online with, who wishes to speak at this public hearing? To speak at this public hearing, if you are online, please enter star nine, star nine. Mayor, I don't have any callers on the line for this hearing. See no one, this public hearing is closed. We have before us the regular session meeting minutes of April 4, 2022. May I have a motion please to approve these minutes moved by Councilmember Iyer, seconded by Councilmember Adina. Discussion of the minutes. All in favor? Opposed? The minutes are approved. B1, an ordinance to amend chapter 55, rezoning of 0 0.05 acres, rather rezoning of point rezoning of 0 0.5 acres from TWP Township District to R1B Single Family Dwelling District, Wilson Barry Property 614 Riverview Drive. Moved by Councilmember Dish, seconded by Councilmember Song. Discussion, please, of B1. Councilmember Dish. This is so straightforward, but I'll just say it anyway. Um, this is a property within the city's utility service area at 614 Riverview Drive that was um, recently annexed, uh, wants to be zoned R1B, which is consistent with the zoning. And it's a reason for wanting to be, an, or, or wanting to be annexed and rezoned is that its septic system is failing. So it's very straightforward. I don't know why I felt like I should tell you that, but there you go. <laughs> Further discussion? All in favor? Opposed? It is approved. C1, an ordinance to amend section 263 of chapter 29, water rates of title two of the code of the city of Ann Arbor. Moved by Councilmember Grant, seconded by Councilmember Dish. Discussion, please, of C1. Councilmember Hayter. I'd just like to draw the public's attention to the budget presentation and along with this um, before us tonight and, and point out that 6% increase, nine 6% increases is equal to a doubling. And uh, we've, we've done more than half that in my short time here on council. And so it looks like by 2025, between 2018 and 2025, we're gonna have had doubled your water rates. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I've, I'm not gonna be a part of that yet again, so I'm not gonna vote for this. Further discussion? Uh, I will observe that uh, the water rates are increasing, that the average, uh, where these are of course part of a package of rates that are uh, designed to meet the cost of providing the service to residents today and residents tomorrow. Uh, 
We all know that our infrastructure requires upkeep and that upkeep exists in a context in which construction costs themselves are increasing and that we must accelerate uh, our provision of, uh, of services, our improvement of infrastructure, and that is uh, what we intend to do. The water rate uh, will support uh, water mains, improved distribution, and, uh, and ultimately an improved water treatment plant, which will uh, wash out uh, the 1930s technology that we are continuing to use uh, and will enable us to uh, both expand capacity and expand the uh, the ability of our uh, city experts to treat uh, contaminants known and uh, as yet unanticipated. Further discussion? Councilmember Hayner. Yeah, I'd just like to point out that, you know, it's all well and good that we have to make these investments, but uh, it, should be, it should be pointed out that the reason we have to make these investments is that previous councils have failed to do so, um, that it was it's well known that our water treatment plant was aging it has been around parts of it have been around since the 30s and i just think that we could do a better job of drawing out these increases in our rates to ease especially in this time of high inflation I mean, it's the number one, number two thing i hear from people fix the roads and how come every time i open my water bill it's higher and higher and higher even though my usage is going down and we haven't really gotten creative around looking at that and so it's it's disappointing that we're, we're shouldering uh, you know burdening the people in our community right now i suppose with the wealth inequalities the vast majority of us uh not us but the community uh not me rather but the community uh you know can handle this it's not a big deal to write another check um, for for most people in our city but for a lot of people especially fixed income it is a big deal and so when you know when budget comes up or we spend ARPA funding on things that don't really help people at the lower end of the socioeconomic stratus here in our city um, you know we should take a look at that we should see if we need to increase funding for for aiding people that that can't afford to pay these bills Councilmember Grand thank you um you know, I don't think the answer for past disinvestment is future disinvestment. Uh, it is unfortunate that we have to raise these rates, but I think the other um, utilities have been cognizant of the investment that we need to make in our water treatment and, and water distribution. And if we look at stormwater um, being flat and more modest, looking at, um, you know, others, uh, sewer being, sorry, sewer being flat and modest and stormwater being relatively modest, um, compared to water, it's no one wants to raise rates, but um, we can't bury our heads in the sand. We need to make these significant investments because we also hear from residents that the quality of their water um, and water safety is important. And we need to address known contaminants, future contaminants, and, and make these known upgrades to our infrastructure. Further discussion? Roll call vote, please, starting with Councilmember Hayner. No. Councilmember Dish? Yes. Councilmember Griswold? Yes. Councilmember Song? Yes. Councilmember Graham? Yes. Councilmember Rodina? Yes. Mayor Taylor? Yes. Councilmember Iyer? Yes. Councilmember Nelson? Yes. Councilmember Briggs? Yes. Councilmember Lowey? Absent? Motion carries. C2, an ordinance to amend section 269 of chapter 29, stormwater rates of Title II, the Code of the City of Ann Arbor, moved by. 
Councilmember Dish, seconded by Councilmember Briggs. Discussion, please, of C2. Councilmember Grand. Thank you. I also forgot to mention, um, as part of Mr. Dahoney's excellent presentation, part of what staff is proposing for some of those um, marijuana tax um, refunds to the city will be to help those residents who are struggling to pay their utility bills. So for those where um, it is a struggle, hopefully we can follow staff's recommendation and have some of those funds available um, to meet that concern. Further discussion? Councilor Hayner. I, I know that if you reach out to our uh, water resource commissioner at the county and also the city's own stormwater uh, management expert, they would suggest that um, our requirements for stormwater management on new development are woefully inadequate. And some say by up to three to 500%. And so I would urge those of us who uh, have access to planning commission uh, to, um, you know, two things, to never do blanket rezonings of entire areas like we did with TC1 without increasing stormwater management as part of that. And secondly, to look at the existing stormwater management requirements on projects in our existing zoning uh, designations and see if they should indeed uh, be, be strengthened. And perhaps this will come uh, about as part of our comprehensive uh, land use uh, review, which is long overdue. Thank you. Councilmember Dish. I wanted to reassure people that every time there is a change to an existing development, for example, if there's infill, we saw an infill proposal a little while ago, there is significant upgrading of stormwater. 85% of this city was built with no stormwater protection and planning commission aggressively leaps on every excuse possible <laughs> to get stormwater added when there's any alteration made. Um, in addition, the TC1 zone anticipates tall buildings, not spread out buildings. So there is no need for any stronger stormwater than we are asking of any other new development because it does not um, create greater stormwater requirements. That, so we're doing fine. Further discussion? Roll call vote, please, starting with Councilmember Hayner. Councilmember Hayner? No. Councilmember Dish? Yes. Councilmember Griswold? Yes. Councilmember Song? Yes. Councilmember Grand? Yes. Councilmember Dina? Yes. Mayor Taylor? Yes. Councilmember Iyer? Yes. Councilmember Nelson? Yes. Councilmember Briggs? Yes. Councilmember Mlawi, absent? C3, an ordinance to amend chapter 112, non-discrimination sections 9150, 9151, 9156, 9159, title 9 of the Code of the City of Ann Arbor, to update definitions of gender expression, gender identity, sexual orientation, reorder definitions, add definition of religion to include prohibition against religious-based hair and head coverings discrimination, and to remove requirement that complaint be filed within 180 days. Moved by Councilmember Rodina, seconded by Councilmember Nelson. Discussion, please, of C3. Councilmember Rodina. Thank you, Mayor. Um, council members, this is a, uh, an update coming to us from the Human Rights Commission. So first, I want to thank them for their work on this. Um, this is a, obviously the non-discrimination ordinance is uh, a law that they are constantly keeping their eyes on and looking to update as we continue to learn and grow and improve as a community. Um, there are a number of things that I will specifically draw attention to 
Um, one, you'll remember that out of our discussions last year to enact the Crown Amendment or the Crown Act here in Ann Arbor, um, there were some discussions at the at the Human Rights Commission about also making sure that we were including a definition of religion that did not allow for discrimination against religious head coverings um, and religious hairstyles. And so you will see that reflected here. Um, there are also some additional uh, updates to uh, gender expression, gender identity to ensure that uh, an individual's actual or perceived gender uh, related appearance or expression or behavior is included. Um, and so th this is just a number of additional updates as, as, this, uh, as we continue to evolve as a community. And uh, I thank the Human Rights Commission for their work and their diligence in continuing to make updates and improvements to this, this law. Thanks. Catherine Nelson. I'd just like to add that there are, uh, I, I, this was the subject of significant discussion among a, a subset of the HRC that worked pretty hard in a committee on this. Um, there's the other piece of this amendment is lifting the requirement that um, a report be made within 180 days. And there was significant discussion around how an, the, the timing of when an incident happened really shouldn't be a disqualifying factor in terms of us wanting to discuss it and understand more about what happened and what might have gone wrong. So um, thank, you, thank you to the HRC and um, the attorneys who support the HRC and help us craft these things. Thank you. Further discussion? All in favor? Opposed? It is approved. DC1 resolution for the City of Ann Arbor to sponsor information on the Neighborhood Assistance Cooperation of America NACA mortgages to city employees and residents. Moved by Councilman Rodina, seconded by Councilman Griswold. Discussion, please, of DC1. Um, Mayor Cap Taylor, I've had um, some communications with the city attorney's office and they raised some questions and I was wondering if we could take a five minute break. I think we might be able to resolve those so that we could move forward this evening on the, this resolution and not postpone it. Do we have any objection to that? It seems. Mayor, I'll, I'll just say that um, certainly we've had some communications about this today. Um, I'm, I'm not aware of the fact that we were trying to move forward with it. Our recommendation is to postpone, and that probably will remain our recommendation. But you are welcome to take a break if you would like to. Uh, I tend not to like to do that, but since we are, are on, uh, on the early side, I guess as a matter of courtesy, I'm okay with that. Please, let's keep it truly to five minutes. It's uh, 8.18, let's get back in here at 8.23.
We're back after a short break. Councilor Griswold, let's deem you still having the floor. Okay. I'd like to postpone the resolution until our first meeting in May. Is there a second? Uh, second by Councilor Rodina. Councilor Griswold. The uh, city attorney's office has mentioned that they are working on revising some of the resolution, including whereas clauses. And uh, because we do want this to be a model resolution that can be adopted by other communities, I think it's worthwhile to, to wait two weeks so that we, uh, we have an excellent resolution. Further discussion of the postponement? All in favor? Opposed? It is postponed. Thank you. DC2 resolution to extend the days of the Main Street area, Main Street area, Ann Arbor social, Main Street area, Ann Arbor so, social district. Goodness. Moved by Councilor Song, said by Councilor Briggs. Discussion, please, at DC2. Councilor Briggs. I think we have. Um all seen the communications from um, downtown businesses, the Main Street Area Association um, in support of this. Um, I did wanna put forward um, a amendment that um, something we had sort of anticipated would be actually in the resolution, but to kind of, um, but isn't. So um, you've also seen communications from Destination on Arbor and Main Street Area Association in support of this. So um, I think if, if Clerk Beaudry could send that around, but essentially it would change the hours of operation um, to amend it to Sunday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. Is there a second? Second by Councilmember Iyer. I'll, I'll wait till that amendment arrives to see whether it's friendly. There, there was not. Okay. But we know where to turn. I'll have a question for him. This is Sunday, am I hearing that? This is gonna to apply to Sunday also, 10 a.m.? Seven days a week. Since when can you sell liquor before noon on a Sunday? Uh, I believe that, uh, you wanna meet the podium folks? Sure, please, thank you. I believe that uh, um, bars and restaurants already do that. Gandhi Dancer, I know, does it for their brunches. So package liquor that can't be sold before noon on a Sunday? Well, I think you can kind of do that now, too, if you pay extra money for pre-noon sales on Sunday, but I'm not prepared to really answer what you can and can't buy before noon, uh, honestly, Jeff. Or, okay. But this you'll be able to. Is an amendment friendly to the body? Seeing no objection, I'm declaring it friendly. Further discussion, the main motion is amended. Councilor Hainer. I certainly understand why the business owners wanna, wanna do this. I believe I voted against the first one because uh, the concerns that um, some of our people in the AAPD command staff had about having difficulty in distinguishing between folks who are just walking around with bags and coming up, you know, students and flowing into campus and into these areas and so on. And I, I guess I'm not a big fan of promoting public drinking. And uh, so I, I'm not gonna support this this time either because extending the hours and the days of it and so on, I'm, I have no doubt it'll pass. And, and I, it just as I have no doubt that, you know, this body 
tolerates drunks. And so um, I just, I think it's a, I think it's a weird thing. I know other communities are doing it. I know some people have had some success with it, but uh, it just, it doesn't seem like the right thing to support. Further discussion, Councilmember Iyer. Thank you. Um, I'm pleased to support this. I would love to be added as a co-sponsor. I had hoped to be um, prior to that, but I guess I didn't get my name in in time. Um, I fully support this. Uh, not only did I think it was a, a good idea and I supported um, it initially, uh, the data uh, bear out that this has not led to any problems. Uh, there have been no, no problems with this program whatsoever. Uh, and so uh, I'm happy to support it, extend it, and, uh, and take this action that our downtown businesses are asking for and feel that uh, will be a benefit to them. Councilman Verdina. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I too would request to be added as a co-sponsor. Um, I am also gonna support this. I think that um, similar to Councilmember Iyer, we did not see problems related to this uh, the last time that it was passed. It is something that certainly supports our, our downtown and, and continues to bring people in. Um, and so I look forward to supporting it. Thank you. Further discussion, Councilmember uh, Grant. Thank you. Um, I'm pleased to support this as well and thank the sponsors and um, many people in the community, many of our local businesses who reached out to us to advocate for an expansion of this. Um, I think we knew that it would be successful. We followed other communities' examples in doing so. Um, and I do want to address the, the comment that was made about, um, is a rather disparaging comment, about this council's stance on things. Um, when some members of this council um, were very honored to say speak at Hashbash, um, there weren't others that made disparaging comments about those council members because um, many of us also support those local businesses in our community. So um, I would hope that um, we could do, you know, and take many actions to support our local businesses, um, particularly with, um, when we know that we have data that supports those actions. Thanks. Councilmember Song. This is something that um, Mr. Dahoney, uh, Mr. Fournier, uh, and um, other city staff had reviewed with uh, conversations with AAPD and FIRE. So I, I'd like to thank Mr. Dahoney for going the extra mile and actually taking a little bit more time and making sure that as we proceed and extend this program, we're doing it carefully and thoughtfully in consideration also with public works um, in anticipation of any additional trash. Um, Sandra Andrade of the Main Street Association worked really hard on this and making sure that we collaborate and we're in tune with each other and, and communicating closely. So um, this was something that was initially considered to have been brought on up at the last council meeting. But with this extra consideration, I think uh, I, I just I think this is a great great way to proceed. It's a good um, it's good practice for what we can do next time around when we when we renew this effort. So I'm in support. Councilor Griswold, um, I received many letters in support of this. I'd like to be listed as a co-sponsor, um, with the expectation that staff will continue to monitor this. I understand that it has gone very well so far. Um, and I'd also like to state that given the success of this program and the activity downtown, 
that further puts pressure on the need to have public rest restrooms downtown. So I, I hope we can move forward with that as well. Thank you. For the discussion, roll call vote, please, starting with Councilmember Hayner. Councilmember Hayner? No. Councilmember Dish? Yes. Councilmember Griswold? Yes. Councilmember Song? Yes. Councilmember Graham? Yes. Councilmember Rodina? Yes. Mayor Taylor? Yes. Councilmember Iyer? Yes. Councilmember Nelson? Yes. Councilmember Briggs? Yes. Councilmember Mlaoui? Absent. Motion carries. DS1 resolution authorizing 2022 Michigan Transportation Fund bonds not to exceed $15 million. General obligation, limited tax. Moved by Councilmember Dish, seconded by Councilmember Grand. Discussion, please, of DS1. Uh, for my part, I am uh, delighted that this is moving forward and I'm grateful to, uh, frankly, the initiative of staff and Mr. Dahoney for, uh, for making it happen. Uh, as we all know, uh, the roads in, uh, in Ann Arbor do not meet our aspirations uh, and we are not, uh, we're not satisfied with them. Uh, we have had difficulty uh, uh, improving them as we, as we wish, particularly with respect to neighborhood and local streets. Uh, the issuance of this road bond is gonna give us the tools to do that. Uh, the tools to accelerate uh, road spending, to accelerate road repair, so that the uh, the streets uh, throughout uh, Ann Arbor's beautiful, uh, throughout uh, Ann Arbor's neighborhoods are as beautiful as the neighborhoods through which they travel. Uh, we, um, well, we know that this is gonna uh, mean a lot of construction over the next couple of years, and I think we ask uh, residents uh, for uh, uh, fair uh, indulgence with respect to that construction because you know you can't fix the roads without fixing the roads. Uh, but at the end, I think what everybody wants is for uh, Ann Arbor's roads to be, uh, to be excellent. And this, uh, this accelerated funding is going to uh, move us in that direction. So I again like to extend my thanks to, uh, to staff and Mr. Dahoney uh, for the initiative to bring this forward and I'm delighted that uh, we'll be advancing it here today. Further discussion? Councilmember Griswold. Yeah, I'm very thankful for this program. And while it's not ideal to borrow money that has to be paid back in the future for current uh, projects, we have to realize that we have underfunded our, our roads for a number of years. And so this is the right thing to do. Uh, I also am very familiar with this process because I was in Lansing and attended a couple of the transportation uh, committee meetings where the director of M MDOT presented this uh, proposal. And uh, I just Googled state of Michigan bonds for roads and it mentioned that the Michigan Department of Transportation just closed on a second $800 million bond. Uh, as part of a $3.5 billion project. Uh, so this is a small amount, but um, I thank Mr. Dahoney for doing this and would support uh, further bonds if it's necessary. Thank you. Councilman Berdina. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I, I just also wanna add my words of support for, for this effort um, and thank Administrator Dahoney and staff for putting their work into it. Um, I, I know that you know very shortly after arriving, Administrator Dahoney heard council talking about um, our desire to see improvements made and came forward with this proposal. And so um, I, I appreciate his initiative and I also think that it's another demonstration of why we are working to keep him here. Um, but, but I also, uh, I have spoken previously about uh, the need for us to improve our, our 
street conditions, particularly our neighborhood and local street conditions um, in Old East Ann Arbor, um, where some of the worst road conditions in the city are. And to the extent that this helps to expedite some of those um, improvements, I am uh, looking forward to this and, and hope that we'll see dramatic improvements over the next several years. Thanks. Further discussion? Roll call vote, please, starting with Councilmember Hayner. Councilmember Hayner? Sure, yes. Councilmember Dish? Yes. Councilmember Griswold? Yes. Councilmember Song? Yes. Councilmember Graham? Yes. Councilmember Rodina? Yes. Councilmember Taylor? Yes. Councilmember Iyer? Yes. Councilmember Nelson? Yes. Councilmember Briggs? Yes. Councilmember Ramlawi? Absent. Motion carries. Uh, today do we have a closed session? Yes, we do, Mayor. This will be a closed session under the Michigan Open Meetings Act for the purpose of discussing pending litigation as set forth and incorporated in MCLA section 15.268E. The subject of the closed session will be the case of Michael Dorch v. City of Ann Arbor, Washtenaw Circuit Court case number 19-1247-CD. Thank you very much. May I have a motion to, lead to go into closed session on that basis. Moved by Councilmember Iyer, second by Councilmember Rodina. Discussion? Roll call vote, please, starting with Councilmember Hayner. Councilmember Hayner? Yes. Councilmember Dish? Yes. Councilmember Griswold? Yes. Councilmember Song? Yes. Councilmember Grant? Yes. Councilmember Rodina? Yes. Mayor Taylor? Yes. Councilmember Iyer? Yes. Councilmember Nelson? Yes. Councilmember Briggs? Yes. Councilmember Malawi? Absent. Motion carries. We're in closed session. Mayor, I just remind the council that the closed session will be held on the third floor in the lobby.
pleased to add resolution to authorize settlement of Michael Georgia, the City of Ann Arbor, Washington County Circuit Court, case number 191274CD, revised Councilman Grant, seven objectives, additional discussion. All fair? Opposed? The agenda is uh, amended with the addition. Uh, No, I'm just voting opposition. Let's let the, if the clerk can recognize that, I'm, that's acceptable to me. We have before us the, the clerk's report of communications, petitions, and referrals. May I have a motion, please, to approve our clerk's report. Moved by Councilmember Dish, seconded by Councilmember Iyer. Discussion? All in favor? Opposed? It is approved. Communications from our city attorney? We don't have communications. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. <laughs> Communications and welcome. Well, thank you, Mayor. Dear council members, it is um, an honor and a privilege, really, to be of service to the city of Ann Arbor through you. Um, this is my first meeting, and um, I am just so glad to be a citizen here because I can see that you are all so diligently taking care of our interests and I hope I can contribute to that. For the next couple of meetings, I will continue to allow Mr. McDonald to take the position as the representative of the city office because I have much to learn, much to grasp so that I can give back to the best of my ability. But I will continue to attend I'm here for you when you have questions. I'm here for you if you don't understand anything, if the law is complex. That is my job. That is our job. I'm thrilled that the team is excited to continue to serve you. They are brilliant, and I will be constantly relying on them to provide you the service that you need and that you deserve. So I hope to help you better do your jobs, and thank you for having me and welcoming me. Thank you. Thank you so much. and. Uh Welcome indeed. As you've been, as you've been told, it's uh, nine o'clock is, is pretty much always when we get to a city attorney's <laughs> comments. So, so please do be, be prepared for same. Yes, right. I will. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, we now come to public comment general time. Public comment general time is an opportunity for members of the public to speak to council and the community about matters of municipal interest. To speak at public comment general time, one need not have signed up in advance. Speakers will have three minutes in which to speak, whether at home or here in the chambers. Our clerk will notify you when 30 seconds are remaining and when your time has expired. When your time has expired, please conclude your remarks and cede the floor. Is there anyone in-house who would like to speak at public comment? Good evening, 
Mr. Mayor, Council, Eric Lipson here. I have to say, I love Ann Arbor. The city has nurtured me and my family. My daughter is alive today because we live 10 minutes from the University of Michigan Hospital. So we have a great amount of gratitude for living here where we do. So it saddens me enormously when I watch the chaos and churn and dysfunction that goes on at council. We're on our third city manager, going on our third HR director. This, this saddens me. And even more so than that is the issue which has been raised by Councillor Griswold about the issue of corruption. Transparency International describes corruption by saying this. Corruption can take many forms and can include behaviors like public servants demanding or taking favors or money in exchange for services, politicians misusing public money or granting public jobs or contracts to their sponsors, friends, and families. So where does this come up then today? Again, we're back to the Bailey contracting and McKenzie contracting, where the issue of safety was raised as a red herring because when it turned out that the preferred contractor, in fact, did not, had not revealed its safety violations, that that did not disqualify it as it would have in almost any other circumstance because then you reward that, right? You reward people not disclosing their safety violation, which occurred, by the way, in 2019, so it wasn't like it was a long time ago. I have to say that best value, which was sold as a bill of goods to the voters of Ann Arbor, is an invitation to corruption, as was immediately, hard to believe how quickly uh, it happened, because the old standard, lowest responsible bidder, is a standard, low, Responsible, best value is completely undefined. And let me show you one more thing. In December uh, 17th of 2021, the Laborers Union of Lansing made a $10,000 contribution to the mayor's campaign. In February, the union contractor, who was $60,000 more expensive than the other qualified contractor, was given the job cost the taxpayers $60,000. That was a pretty good deal, $10,000, and it cost us 60. So think about that, thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else in house who would like to speak at public comment? Ms. Beaudry, is there anyone online who would like to speak at public comment? Yes, Mayor, I have Adam Jaskowitz. Go ahead and unmute yourself, do you have a comment? Yeah, hi, this is Adam Jaskevich from the Fourth Ward. Um, a while ago, this body discussed the widening of the East Medical Center Drive Bridge. A number of community members expressed disappointment that we were widening the bridge for cars, adding an additional lane without making adequate accommodations for other users of the bridge. I believe we got a sort of grudging acceptance with the understanding that while the cross-section was not going to be great for people biking or people walking, we would at least get a separated pathway underneath the bridge so that some users would be able to avoid crossing the widened roadway. Today, however, I happened to read through Administrator, 
Administrator Dahoney's memo to council about some possible ways to spend the marijuana excise money. I was troubled to read the following paragraph, which I'd like to call, you, call your attention to on page two. Pathway under East Medical Center Drive. Council directed staff to design the path and to develop a cost estimate, which is in process. However, there is no funding source identified should it make its way to construction. Downside, there is a very good chance that MDOT could kill this project as it appears that space for the pathway would encroach on the railroad right of way. I would like to understand how we move forward from this if this project does indeed get, quote, killed. Are we in a situation where we could lose the concession of the pathway under the bridge while still seeing the roadway widened, lane added for cars, and the western sidewalk narrowed? If so, that's pretty disappointing, and I hope we can find a way to address this problem. I hope we can find a creative solution. Thank you. Thank you. Caller with the phone number ending in 936. Press star six to unmute your phone. Hello. Um, <clears throat> I just uh, wanted to talk um, a little bit more about the uh, um, Starbucks unionizing efforts. And if you haven't heard, um, the location at Maine and Liberty um, fired one of their employees for unionizing. Um, so it's uh, part of a larger movement that, that also um, I heard our uh, representative uh, Yusuf Rabi um, give a talk about when he was employed by the city of Ann Arbor um, that um, even though the city pays contractors $15 an hour, not everybody at the employed by the city um, necessarily does. Um, and, and I just want you to keep um, all the unionizing efforts and the labor um, movement in mind when you do uh, review employee uh, wages and benefits. Um, I, I also heard that, that uh, again, I don't know if this is practice now, I'm just curious, that some city employees were let go for a couple of months so they didn't, so, so we wouldn't have to give them benefits. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that we can um, have all employees at the city have a more livable wage that um, they may be able to actually live in an arbor um, if they choose to. Um, and, yeah, that's all I have for today. Thank you. Thank you. Caller with the phone number ending in 464. Do you have a comment? Yeah, hi. Um, Linda Um I want to um, just express my appreciation for Mr. Dahoney and just say how happy I am that he's our administrator. Um, in the short time he's been here, he seems to have really looked at fresh eyes and identified so many long-standing problems we've had and come up with solutions. Um, in particular, the budget presentation tonight 
I want to thank him for putting in 700000 for the master plan. Um, that was kind of put on hold pre-pandemic. And it, it's really, as he said, it's woefully out of date, and it's a state requirement, so we really need to get going on that. So thank him for, I want to thank him for budgeting, putting it in the budget and actually pointing it, pointing it out tonight. Um, in his future focus set, uh, his future focus slide, he mentioned several things that um, have been problems and he wants to focus on going forward. Among them, the downtown and among the problems downtown is that we need public restrooms. I couldn't agree more. I'm so grateful that he's pointing that out. Equity and inclusion, I don't know if he's detected that all we really do is give lip service to that, but I don't know if, if he figured that out, but I think that that's what we've been doing, and I'm hopefully, hopefully we can get going on some meaningful equity and inclusion. And then finally, he, he, he called out engagement, and I don't know if he was implying that maybe he doesn't think we do robust engagement. We used to, but I don't think we have in, in many, many years. And and we need to, so I'm really, really grateful that he pointed that out, and I know sometimes that takes a little extra money. He specifically mentioned it needs to be wide-ranging and robust. Wide-ranging means all sectors of our community. And I recall when the master plan was in process, the committee was in process looking for um, contractors to help, help shepherd it along, some people were saying that only the most important stakeholders need to be included, not everybody in the community, and that is just wrong. So thank you, Mr. Dahoney, for pointing out that we have begun to fail in that and that we can do better, and I hope you can help us to do better. Thank you. Oh, thanks also for the bringing up the roads issue because that's, we've been talking to, to council about that for decades, and they haven't listened, and I don't know why a few meetings ago they were just um, so many council members expressed shock, expressed shock when staff finally gave them the statistics on the condition of our roads. They were shocked that so many were failing when we've been telling them this for years. So anyway, you heard that. That was when you first came, and you came up with this incredible idea of a bond. Who would have thought it? But thank you so much. Maybe we'll see some action in that. Thank you. Thank you. Caller with the phone number ending in 556. Do you have a comment? Our star six to unmute your phone. Go ahead. Hello, this is Ralph McKee from the Fifth Ward. I just wanted to uh, call to make a brief comment about an issue that uh, has gone uh, up and down in terms of uh, awareness in the community, and that's uh, the Salvatore reports and the treatment of those reports as sort of the emperor's new clothes by many of you on council. And this is a, a sort of a drawing the attention of our, our new city attorney to this issue because it's not going away given the, Mr. Crawford's council's recent cease and desist letter to this council about the comments that uh, have been made regarding that issue. Uh, these reports were flawed. The first one was flawed. The second one was worse. And I think it it's, would be very difficult to read Mr. Crawford's counsel, Mr. Mark Husel from a big law firm with much experience in 
internal investigations and, and discrimination litigation. Uh, he found way, way more flaws in it than I did in my earlier critiques because he had the benefit of being able to talk to Mr. Crawford about the inside view of Mr. Crawford's record, et cetera. And I would encourage you to uh, stop the denial and the emperor's new clothes aspect of it and take a real hard look at, at what happened in those reports and deal with it in an objective way. And I hope our new city attorney uh, will be open to that approach because you, you really shouldn't be behaving in the way that you have in the past about that report. The, and it, it's interesting when, when uh, earlier I made that critique and I was called uninformed and engaging in political theater, et cetera, now you have a former city attorney saying some of the same things about that report. And now you have a very experienced specialist in that area of the law saying many of the same things and even more biting criticism. You really ought to deal with it. Uh, thank you very much and good night. Thank you. Mayor, I don't see any other callers with their hands up. Seeing no one, public comment is closed. Are there communications today from council? Councilmember Hainer. Thanks. Just real briefly, um, we've we've had a conversation about the public bathrooms floating around for a while, and I just want to share with my colleagues here that I, prior to the uh, PUD rezoning coming for the Y lot, that I had extensive conversations with uh, uh, Miss Hall, with Jennifer Hall, about what needed to be on that site, and while it didn't make it in writing, and I didn't want to obfuscate what was happening that night by opening up and amending it or whatever, but she had her and I discussed several things uh, the, the most important thing in, in my mind it was uh, to try and reduce the debt on that site so we wouldn't have to go looking for development partners necessarily and that that didn't happen with the ARPA funding unfortunately um, but um, she did say that uh, I won't put words in her mouth but I, she, she wants to put public restrooms in that facility and I believe that every new facility that we're building that has a ground floor access that's in a place that could stand to have public restrooms like the Y lot next to the transportation hub like the, potentially the Carytown area that these buildings once we're building them and if they do have oversight in these buildings which they will that those are the perfect opportunities to put ground floor public restrooms in there and she agreed with that notion and so I hope that she'll, that will be remembered, or if it needs to be added in writing to that development agreement for the Y lot, then we should, because it's a, it's a great opportunity when we're building a new building to build some public restrooms in there too. And uh, so I just wanted to make that comment that it's something that's been talked about and it's a good idea, it's something that's needed. I mean, even like uh, when I was in Grand Rapids a couple, couple months ago, they have uh, kind of good looking temporary restrooms in various neighborhoods there, public restrooms. And so other communities do it, we can do it. And I think the building new buildings is a great opportunity to do that or build it right once the first time. So just wanted to share that with you. Further communication from council? Councilor Briggs. Thanks. Um, there was a comment that was made earlier this evening that um, I didn't want to uh, raise this issue during the sort of 
agenda discussion, but I think it's important that we as a body um, remember that um, alcoholism is a disease and that in September, um, we, um, the mayor declared, along with kind of the rest of the nation, that September is National Recovery Month, but that doesn't mean that we can't be cognizant that there are folks in recovery in our community um, right now who need our support um, and sort of disparaging comments around alcoholism is probably not the best way to, to have a recovery sort of supportive community. Um, just to read a few kind of whereas points from that, that proclamation from September, whereas recovery from addiction flourishes in a supportive recovery friendly community. Um, Ann Arbor is a recovery friendly community that is home to vibrant, diverse and thriving recovery community. Um, it's maybe useful for folks to, to go back and look at that. Um, I know that many of us have likely had family members or friends who have suffered from addiction or lost those. So um, I think we should be careful about um, the words that we use at this table. Further discussion? Pardon me, further communication from Council. Council Brisson. We were referred um, some work by Transportation Commission and ICPOC on regarding Ann Arbor traffic transparency. I just wanted to note the work they came in from both commissions and uh, the, the hard work that they went, they, um, that all commissioners contributed to, to these efforts. So I hope uh, I'll, my colleagues will take a look at that. Um, it's in line with what's going on at the county. I'm part of a group called the Washington Equity Partnership Group. Um, this is a project that's funded by the Vera Institute. Uh, we're taking a look at criminal justice data and how we can identify racial disparities in the justice system, in the juvenile and adult justice system. And that's being chaired by Elmer Wheeler-Smith. So I'm, I'm excited to see that this work aligns on the city and county level. Councilmember Nelson. Thank you. I just wanted to comment that um, I talked to Councilmember Ramlawi shortly before this meeting on my way over here. And um, he, <laughs> he commented to me that he really was so sorry to be missing this meeting and he he expressed concerns about the fact that we had honored guests here to talk about Arab American Heritage Month proclamation and he was very sorry not to be here um, to be more welcoming um, because of what an honor it was for him as an Arab American on this body um, to celebrate that proclamation and I I just wanted to comment again on his his absence and the fact that he was so sorry to miss this meeting. Um, and I also wanted to comment of all the meetings to miss, the one that we were getting out before 9.30, I mean, he could have picked one that went till at least one. Um, anyway, um, so that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Further communication from council? Motion to adjourn, please. Move by Councilmember Rodina, seconded by Councilmember Dish. Discussion, all in favor? Opposed, we are adjourned.